0: Welcome to the Betsy, Betsy Boss Podcast. Podcast.
1: Welcome back. We are in Philly on a gloomy ass day. Hey. It's cold. It's rainy. It's gross, and everyone's quarantined. So we I was going to say, difference. and it's
0: quarantined. So it took me until you got here to even look outside.
1: Right? It's it's not great out there. You're not missing anything. Um, we were both just talking about the fact that we both have big work presentations coming up on Wednesday yeah. this week. What are the odds? Oh, so, yeah. Crazy. Um, we work for totally different companies. They're both, you know, big companies, um, and, but doing totally different things. And just as it were, we, uh, both happen to have oh. these obnoxious, um, presentations that are just driving us both bonkers. So I think
0: come Thursday, we'll both be
1: a lot happier. I
0: have not. I mean, I've had a couple other things I've been working on. Obviously, this episode, my cousin's fun legal paper, which I don't even want to talk about because I'm so sick of (laughs) (laughs) looking at. um, But this presentation has literally been on my mind since I was told about it probably like a week and a half ago
1: well your presentation maybe you want to Ugh. talk about without saying the name of it to identify Ugh, the company yeah. but it's much more embarrassing yes. like than substantive i and don't know why they get you guys to do because this. i'm
0: a single lady living alone that does nothing so <laughs> I pretty love much that life too. Uh, yeah but so pretty much the presentation is if you've ever heard of um like, the, I think it's called Humans of New York or People of New York, you know, where they take photographs of random people on the street in New York and then kind of profile them. Yeah, they tell their story and these people have amazing stories. Well, our company just loves the social activities that they make us do. So, this is kind of a way to, I guess, um, let your coworkers get to know you a little bit better. You're doing a people of, human of company. Mm-hmm. Um, presentation and it's pretty much just open-ended just put it one slide together and talk about yourself Oof. and I'm just like okay I, I don't what the heck do you say
1: yeah. like I pee and poop like everybody else right and
0: like my favorite human food woman. is whatever in my green like (laughs) green's my favorite color like I just I don't know like what do I say and I'm just making up stuff pulling it thank god I had a recent trip out of the country and that's like can pepper that in and be like somehow that tells you about me gold (laughs) my friend
1: that is liquid gold gotta pepper that in as hard as you can
0: also I'm just like I hated that with these companies we were talking about coworkers and stuff like that it's just like I'm I don't know if I just have a weird way of looking at it, but to me, professionalism is not putting all of your personal issues and information out there. I oh, couldn't in agree the more. Workforce. And to me, this is like I don't feel like telling you about my most intimate whatever and I don't have children, I don't have a husband. So, what else am I going to talk about on I the know. surface level? And
1: that's what everybody else in sort of our age group would talk about. Right. I mean, I have coworkers who are around my age, maybe a little bit older, because we're in our late 20s now. Um, and they're maybe, you know, early to mid to late 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, but, All they ever talk about. And of course, it's all they ever talk about is their pride and joy, but it's their kids. Right. And that's great and fine. But I pretty much tune out of the conversation as soon as the kid comes up. And I'm like, listen, you know, I mean, I have nothing to add. And if they want to vent, I'm here for that. But I just, don't want to know about it. So it puts people like us who are single, you know, females who aren't married or don't have kids in a really awkward position. Yeah.
0: Cause it's like, what else do you talk about? Well, and what do I do at night? Nothing that exciting or worthwhile. This, you're about. looking at it. Yeah. And it just, I don't know. It's just like, all right, I don't know what. I'm just going to make up a bunch of stuff. And I mean, I didn't. I told them about painting and art and my travel to Which you're so good oh but my even goodness. at that it's just like nobody cares <laughs> oh my no why are we doing this and it's so
1: forced I mean it's that's so what's forced. funny too oh. I actually I forgot about this and I wanted to tell you about it oh god I want to hear your it. presentation kind of jogged my memory so our company is taking on it's not um something that's been around forever it's mm-hmm. only been imposed because of the quarantine oh god essentially my coworker sends me a screenshot of an email from um, the leader of her team, her okay. higher up, okay, essentially her boss. And it basically says, "I hope everybody could assist me with this project. What I need is a photo of oh, you God. and hopefully with your coworkers holding any message that you want to share with your other coworkers." What? And the examples of the different messages <laughs> are "I miss the company. Oh. Uh-huh. Something funny or a different, you know, nice note. They <laughs> said that you could take it, you know, in your workspace, um, so that the other different people from the company can see where you're working every day. First of all, oh, I mean, God. this hits on exactly what you were just saying. Being <sighs> professional doesn't necessarily mean showing your entire hand. Yeah. If these people saw where I worked every day, I mean I'm at my kitchen <laughs> table. Right. And That's just as good as it's going to get for me. Yeah, it's what it is. Yeah, it's a flat spot where I can lay out all my notes and have everything. But it's just so unusual to me. You know, it seems really strange (sighs) and like a strange like – Way of forcing yeah, the message that we miss work thing, so much. Like, 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 no, we don't. We're no, happy to be at home and our finances. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of these young parents miss not having to homeschool their young children while Drew, doing their job. Yeah,
0: I miss I miss childcare, but like,
1: yeah, but like <laughs> other know. than that, I mean, do Wait, we really miss schlepping to the office every day?
0: So my one question though is: It one of those pictures where? Because obviously you can't take it with your coworkers. Is it one of those where it's like a grid? Where each one of you holds a different let a different word of the whole phrase. Type I of guess. Thing. I
1: mean, he pretty much this um, uh, vice president pretty much said it could be whatever you want. I mean, I'm assuming that what he had in mind was maybe people on like a Skype session or oh, something like okay. that. Yeah, yeah. And they would all like hold up signs, or right. maybe just you yourself would hold up a sign <sighs> and a photo. But who wants to do that? I mean, it's yeah. this weird exhibitional as like. I don't know. Yeah. It just... I
0: miss my coworkers listening in on my conversations in an open office plan. Exactly. Like, <laughs>
1: I miss people peeking over my desk and saying, you're being too loud. Right. <laughs> like, no, I yeah, really not I don't. miss people
0: not knowing how to uh, turn off their speakerphone.
1: Oh, my gosh. How no, about when the people who leave their um, cell phone ringtone on? Oh, my God. They're and then walk ones, away from though. their desk. Yeah, and then walk away. That's, you have no idea yeah. where the heck they went. It's an open concept office, people. Ugh. Listen up. Your shit is ringing, and it has yeah. been for a half hour. Right. And you don't want to go in there and turn it off.
0: It's actually, like, against company something? policy and our company to even, like, touch another person's computer. Like, anything. Oh, we can't do, like, anything. So yeah. it's,
1: I mean. Yeah. Like,
0: if I were to go two cubicles over to talk to someone, I even have to shut off my, like, lock down my computer. Right. It's just, oh. it's it's super, yeah. And so, pretty much, you're stuck there listening to this chime or this ringtone just go.
1: Yeah, you're basically in a prison Ugh. of your own cubicle, and I'm sorry, I just I don't miss it. I don't miss it. I don't I miss, miss my it at coworkers. All. Some of them, I have a couple buddies. Yeah, who I, I mean, miss. It's,
0: it's nice to have that social aspect for me every once in a while. Like I, yeah. you know, exactly, I can do without. But
1: right. So I don't know, but just to kind of fill you guys in, it's been six weeks. It's been uh, it's been 6 weeks since we quarantined and we and have I'm no idea. I'm not my
0: office. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I still don't miss a goddamn thing. <laughs> that is from the uh-huh. Bare Naked Ladies yes. people, okay? In case
0: you didn't know. In
1: case you didn't know, in case you've been living under a rock. Right. Uh by the way, speaking of rocks, um this <laughs> episode is oh, about a nice very transition. particular type of rock. Yeah, thank oh, I like you. That. These rocks rock, okay? It is going to rock your world. We're going to rock your socks more off. Ways than one. Get your rocks off with this episode. Yeah. We are going to talk about radium girl. Your
0: teeth will be crumbling like rocks. Ooh,
1: <laughs> tell me about it. Man, I mean, make sure you brush and floss and Oof. don't drink that radium water yes. because oh my
0: god, it's not as healthy <laughs> as it would sound. So, the element of the day mm-hmm. is (laughs) is radium, which was discovered in 1898 by the famous Marie and Pierre Curie. Um, And when it was discovered, it was kind of seen as this miracle discovery. It was used to cure cancer. And because of this, everyone kind of believed like, oh, where else can we use this? I'm sure this can cure other things, other diseases.
1: It was really cool when they first discovered radium because... um, They found that these radioactive elements would emit these atomic particles, and that those particles. I know, right? Well,. I was a bio major I and know you that, got that fat s- lot of good that did for me. Yeah. I got this law degree to show for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, these particles would pass through this thin metal foil and create this splatter of light spots on photographic film. So like you said, um, the Curies were really involved with this work. They discovered two new elements that um, put out particles like this along with uranium, which like you said, again, were polonium and radium, the element of the day. And what was interesting was that radium was kind of the star of this trifecta of elements. Polonium was this crazy, intensely active um, material that would just burn away within a year. It had this short half-life. It was crazy energy that came off of this stuff. And then you had uranium, which is a bit more sluggish, um, a lot more stable, more stability, right. but a lot That's less the word energy. That's what I was looking for: volatile and. Volatile. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Stable. That's what they call me. um yeah so it basically uranium was leaking radiation too but a lot slower than polonium okay so we have radium which is right in the middle it has this nice slow decay it's got a half-life of 1600 years right so for in common speak that basically means that this stuff is going to be around for a while it's putting off particles but those particles aren't going to be sufficient to wear away at the um Actual material until sixteen hundred years go by. Oh. So hope you're not planning on living that long. Yeah. ra's not gonna is happen. going to be gone. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so it would release this really nice, steady stream of energy, and it was a super promising material mm-hmm. when they discovered it because um, it was measured as having this intensity that was three thousand times um, as strong as that sluggish uranium that mm-hmm. we talked about. And I think what got people super excited was when doctors saw that um, applying the radium salts to a tumor would shrink right. it. Yeah. That was really cool. I mean, that
0: think of the time. Like, that had to just be amazing to see something that could actually treat these tumors. Oh, they must have thought of it as a
1: total godlike yeah. miracle drug yeah. um, to be able to just put this on a tumor and watch it shrink. Now, I mean, granted – Let's think about this. If this is what it does to a tumor, I know. which is a form of life, I mean, yes, it's out of control, it's aggregating, and it's, you know, multiplying at an unregulated speed type of life but it's still life right. and if that radium salt can cut back on a tumor what do you think it's going to do right. to the rest of you well and that's
0: an unnatural form of like cell growth and everything there so on healthy cells on healthy body good point yeah what's that going to do i don't know exactly that just on that's just crazy to me that but i guess it's like everything else back then they thought opium was the best thing for everything so, too so
1: right wasn't that the truth <laughs> yeah but this shit took off. I mean, the radium water that cracked mm-hmm. me up. Yeah, um, it was supposed to give you all this energy and right. effervescence, and there was radium soda, candy. Yep. I even saw
0: toothpaste, oh, <laughs> face powder, Ugh, yeah. soaps.
1: There were um, pain relief liniments and lotions, um, and then there was this whole thing about the hot springs. Did you see that? No. Oh what my is god! That? So these researchers um, who were like hot on uranium and radium <laughs> and all these uh, radioactive elements. Started noticing that these European hot springs that were known for having these like healing properties, oh, you where know, people it, go in there, and even
0: like today in like Iceland. Oh, or totally, something?
1: yeah. Um, they found that these pools contain oh, radon, God. which is a gas that comes from uranium. And soon everybody decided, okay, the healing properties must be as a result of
0: you know these containing baths. this
1: stuff. Um, so, all right, let's add some uranium ores to our spa swimming pools. Oh let's sell this stuff called Rattathur. Um Ooh. It was radioactive water, you know, as a tonic. Um, all this radiant health was promised with, you know, gorgeous skin, endless right. energy, boundless health, you know. It was pretty exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was definitely the, the miracle drug, like you said. Yeah. Um, And then what kind of transforms it into our story now, we have an American inventor, William J. Hammer, who around the time of the discovery of radium, he went to Paris and obtained some, um, I don't know what they called it, in like its purest form, I guess, um, brought it back. And he figured out when you mixed it with glue and zinc sulfide, it created this kind of glow-in-the-dark paint.
1: yeah. Well, I think it's stop hammer time because he figured that stop out. Stop radio. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, you're right. He was an MC hammer, yeah. but it was still hammer time because that can't was a- – Can't lick
0: this. I can't lick this. Oh, 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 oh,
1: oh, <laughs> oh. oh, oh, oh <laughs> and you'll see why soon. Yes. Um. But, yeah, it was really important um, to have these glow-in-the-dark watches or glow-in-the-dark
0: – Well, yeah, <laughs> no, it, it was used for um, – it was kind of – revolutionary because it was used during the war especially it was an easy way for soldiers to be able to look at their watches it was painted on watches and plain dials so before this if you think about it you're in the trenches there it's dark you got your pocket watch or your wrist watch or whatever and you want to whip it out and see what time it is how are you going to do that
1: yep you're taking grenades you're in the belly of the beast and you know and they didn't even what drove me crazy was the fact they didn't even have Wrist watches at the time, they didn't have the strap to tie it to your wrist. Oh, I didn't even A look at that. A lot of these what dudes
0: were pulling shit out of their pockets. Oh they were pocket God. watches. Yeah, they were, probably knew it was, okay, yeah. Like, back
1: in the day. So, oh, I man. mean, this these watch companies were really on the ball here figuring out, all right, you know what? Let's strap it to their arms. Well,
0: think about that. Think of how revolutionary the Apple Watch is today. Mm-hmm. Think of how revolutionary it was to just even, like, that was, like, high tech. Like, what time is it? oh, I can let's just see. clip my wrist up.
1: Exactly. And wear it all the time. And you always know what time it is. It's so smart. It is. But it's the type of thing that nobody could have thought of it until someone thought of it. Right. I mean, who would think? Like, let's tie this shit to our hand yeah. so that I can have it all the it time. actually is
0: kind of crazy if you think about it, like, in a vacuum. Like, the whole concept, like, let's right. just strap something to your body.
1: And- oh, yeah. I would sooner think it was a smart idea to, like, strap a sundial to your arm right. and see where the shadow <laughs> went,
0: you know? Oh, God. Uh, so the company, the main company in this story today, is the U.S. Radium Corporation, and they kind of took this glue, this product, this paint, um, and called it Undark. Undark, I how, loved that. How creative! <laughs> um, so they were founded in 1916 in neighborhood of uh, Orange, New Jersey. Not Beautiful, too far. New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of took off because they had a contract with the U.S. government for these wristwatches and plane dials that we were talking about. So they hired about 70 women at the time, and these were oftentimes almost like our our lovely Triangle Shirtwaist Factory episode, young women. So each worker was expected to paint 250 of these dials a day for five and a half days a week, and they were paid a rate of one and a half cents per completed dial, which ended up being about $20 a week. And the reason that this job was such a big deal I guess back then there were a couple benefits um, to working in this company or any of these radium companies so first of all it was seen as a prestigious position these women were paid three times more than the average factory working job and those that were lucky enough to land in these jobs were ranked among the top five percent of female workers nationally
1: which meanwhile if this is such a prestigious job can you imagine what like standard factory workers were making and what kind of conditions they were exposed Uh, to yeah obviously we kind of uncovered some of this in triangle shirtwaist episode but
0: my god yeah yeah if this is the cream of the crop right what's what's the bottom of the barrel one and a
1: half cents per dial well
0: and then another sad thing i was like that i thought was kind of depressing was they were listed as artists in their position description so that was alluring to women i guess right. i mean it makes sense at the time it was seen as a more um sought after position than just kind of being i don't know what it would have been like worker factory worker yeah. labor um but then there were also believed to be health benefits from working in these factories right
1: i mean when we talked about radium being all the rage and being put into everything including drinking water imagine what working in a facility that was covered in this stuff oh my would God. do for your health
0: yeah, you're, you're, you're bathing in the, you know, I don't even know, all those yeah, anti-aging the, yeah, serums or whatever. Yeah,
1: fountain of youth <laughs> over here.
0: Yeah. So, like you said, they'd be in this facility where they're working with the most ex- expensive substance in the world at the time. Um, it cost the equivalent of $2.2 million per Ooh. gram in today's money. Wow. So, they were working, you know, with precious materials Mm -hmm. here. And they were said to have these healing properties, these health properties. So they were essentially working with the new wonder drug. Right. Well
1: basically for fun these bitches you know they all became buddies right. they all became friends they and hung a lot out all of them day. were
0: sisters too they said that they'd try to <laughs> full families um, yeah like bring in siblings and sit siblings near siblings so it could be kind of like a social thing too it
1: sounded like a nice place to work yeah, actually yeah. aside from you know the radio <laughs> poisoning
0: um but basically these
1: guys these girls were all buddies and for fun and for entertainment a lot of the time they would play with the paint. They'd paint oh. it on their fingernails. They'd paint it yeah. one girl even painted on her teeth. Yeah. So that she'd oh. have glowing teeth. They'd put it in their hair. I mean, these women were covered in the stuff. And in fact, apparently there were, you know, accounts that all these women would glow in the dark.
0: Yeah, yeah. They actually became known as the ghost girls. Um, because they oftentimes too would wear their best dresses actually to work, which again, comparing to the triangle Shirtwaist factory, you're not dressing to impress anybody there, No. but here they would wear their nice dresses so that they could essentially get the dust all over them Mm -hmm. and then go out on the town together afterwards. And they'd be drawing all this attention (laughs) because, you know, they're lighting up everywhere they go.
1: Yeah. Having a glow in the dark dress. Let's paint Mm -hmm. the town, you know?
0: Yep. But maybe now to get into actually what they were doing and why they were working with this.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. So basically, these dial painter girls were taught to shape the brushes. They had to be um, made into a very fine point in order to paint. You think of a watch dial. It's itty-bitty. Yeah. It has well, to be saw, you know, really small. I saw actually
0: one of the measurements was as small as 3.5 centimeters wide Or kind of what they were trying to paint.
1: Wow. Yeah. Which so it's tiny. minuscule. And if you think about a paintbrush – You want to get that down to as fine a point as possible in order to get that sharp look, that sharp tip so that the tiny little numbers and lines of the watch dials are getting painted as precisely as possible. Right. So these girls were taught that in order to do that, in order to get that fine line, they should lick their brushes and shape them kind of with their lips um, into that sharp tip shape and then to sort of... They
0: were essentially eating their paints. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, so these were, um, they were small camel hair brushes. Essentially, each painter, each artist would mix their own paint in these small crucibles. Um, and then they were told to lick them to prevent from drying out. But also they were told that washing the brushes took too much time and wasted Classic. too much of this precious product.
1: Right. So instead,
0: just ingest it.
1: Yeah. By all means. Just <laughs> yeah. eat it. Yeah.
0: A lot of the women, when they started, because it's this new, you know, material and it's they're putting something in their bodies, they would ask the company, is this safe? And the companies continued to assure them, yes, yes, it's fine. It's safe. It'll actually bring a rosy color to your cheeks by doing this. Um, But if you think about it, it makes me think of new discoveries today. This element was discovered less than 20 years before all of this started in these organizations. So, Mm -hmm. Even if they had an idea of the consequences and were hiding them, they did not have a full idea of what the full consequences could be.
1: Yeah, they couldn't have known. And Mm -hmm. it's just sort of this classic going along with the status quo at the time. I mean, there was really no reason for these people to question whether it was healthy to be working in a radium factory because radium was everywhere. It was all the rage. And like you said, it was kind of like they were bathing in like Olay daily facials, (laughs) you know, all day long. And getting those health benefits, too. So, yeah, they had no reason to believe what they were doing was dangerous or harmful or, you know, had any, you know, way of negatively impacting their health.
0: No. And before we get into kind of things taking a a turn, I wanted to point out by uh, the 1920s, there were as many as 4,000 workers in these types of companies across the U.S. and Canada. So. It's not just one little company in New Jersey. It's a lot of people being affected by this. yeah, nice. yeah, so obviously the uh, symptoms started to eventually develop uh, during the early 1920s. Women started complaining of toothaches and fatigue. The reason was because of the effect of the effects of radium ingestion. Um, pretty much, I just have a little outline here, so chemically, radium behaves like calcium. So on a simple level, obviously, the body uses calcium to make bones. So radium kind of gets incorporated and absorbed into those bones. And some of the biggest issues can be bone necrosis and bone mm-hmm. cancer. Um, but ugh, the scariest thing, this just the way they described it. So pretty much it settles in the bone and starts just emitting a constant destructive you know, radium throughout the body. And it essentially starts to honeycomb their bones so burning holes within their bones as they're still alive
1: oh god what a complete disaster (laughs) oh my gosh and yeah the way like you said i mean radium is a naturally self-destructive element um it pretty much is always breaking down like we said it does have a very long half-life yeah but it it's always still breaking down nevertheless It's always kind of getting rid of these excess pieces or particles as it's decaying. Um, It's these really tiny particles kind of fizzing off um, and it leaves behind just this um, very unbalanced um, chemical structure that is just prone to more and more delay. Mm. Um, So basically the resulting breakdown products included believe it or not polonium which we discussed earlier that super hyper destructive hypercharged element that they were afraid to really use in these scientific um structures studies whatever and also radon gas so Again, I mean, just this breakdown process was extremely volatile, extremely self-destructive. And and it's, it's going no on wonder. inside your body. And it's going on inside you. Ugh. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's awful. So I guess when we talk about things taking a turn, mm-hmm. did you hear about the rumors um, with Pierre Curie? I don't know. Death? So there were people kind of whispering about oh, radium and how maybe it wasn't all it's cracked mm-hmm. up to be this like miracle drug that everybody's using and putting in everything. It's all the rage. Some people weren't so sunny about the whole thing and yeah. were kind of looking at this thing cockeyed. And um, one of the rumors that sort of supported that feeling not so great about radium mm-hmm. um, side of things was about pierre curie and again Marie and pierre curie were these scientists they were that power couple who discovered radium and those other two elements and um won a nobel prize for it actually yeah but pierre was killed in 1906 by a horse-drawn carriage um, which sounds totally unrelated. Yeah. How could that possibly I have anything to do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like it would have nothing to do with radium. I mean, come on. How does that have right. anything to do with it? Unless the His hand falls was... off when right. he's holding the <laughs> reins <Exactly>. or something. <laughs> but basically, the rumor is that he stumbled into the street because he had radiation-induced weakness. Oh gee. Um, and around that same time. You know, there were all these different scientists who worked with radium and worked in radium labs. Mm-hmm. They were all developing just these really disturbing, strange leukemias
0: oh. Oh, God. Um,
1: and just bone issues, like mm-hmm. you said. And that was sort of all happening. And I think the scientific community got sort of used to scientists suffering from unusual diseases yeah, and people just working due their with exposure. Chemicals. Yeah. And so they didn't necessarily pin it on radium so much, but... When you put it all together, you can't help but notice. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. That's insane, though. Isn't that nice? Oh, typical. Typical, you know, myths of what actually happened. Yeah. Well, I did know. I think it was Marie Curie. I think it, it must have been. Her body had so much radium in it when she passed away that they had to put her body in a lead-encased like cough it or something because oh even to this day touching it's it still putting off it's yeah it's still putting off way too like way too much radium yeah. so they pretty much had to encase her in lead and put her in the ground
1: yeah well you think 1600 years yeah. i mean that is a long time yeah. and it's well and how much they interacted lifetime.
0: with it you know without knowing anything about it really right Ugh.
1: so i mean these women really had all these terrible oh, side effects awful. they started losing teeth they started getting these nasty mouth sores jaw rot um, just wasting away this anemia. Um, and actually, I guess by 1924, nine of the painters were dead. Um, yeah, were by, ni- by
0: 1927, 50. So, oh, my Yeah, gosh. it really – because the problem is, too, and we'll probably get into this a little bit later, but part of the problem is you don't start to see these effects necessarily right away. Right. It takes a little bit for this to set in. So you start out. You think you're doing great. You've got this great job. And then, I don't know, a year, two years later – everything starts to go wrong right so the first girl that pretty much became well known well i guess she was actually probably just the first girl to become sick from all of this was molly magia and her story i have some really gruesome details here Oof. but um it was in the early i want to say like 1920 21 um, it all just started with a toothache and if you think about it they're putting that brush in their mouth so it makes sense a lot of this stuff starts in the mouth jaw mm-hmm. region so she went to a dentist, had that tooth pulled out, then it moved to the next tooth. Had that pulled out. Pretty much all of her teeth uh. pulled out. Um, and then the description I have is just disgusting. But pretty much these awful disgusting large ulcers started to bubble up where her teeth used to be. Uh. Ugh. So her mouth was just awful. Um, then it started to move to her limbs and she had this you know aching pain in her limbs eventually she wasn't able to walk Mm -hmm. and she
1: told her doctor she was moving like an old lady
0: this girl was 24 and then I guess she died
1: right after her 25th birthday
0: well yeah I have some actually a a decent description on her death so yeah um, pretty much what had happened before that though she was complaining of this you know pain or whatever her doctors thought it was rheumatism Sent her home with just aspirin. Oh. Which is awful. That's not gonna do it. Awful. Um, she ended up going back to the doctor because or to the dentist rather because her whole lower jaw, roof of her mouth, and some of the bones in her ear turned into this awful large abscess. Oh, it just Ugh. Yeah. Inscriptions are terrible.
1: Um, and you think I mean all that stuff is totally connected like yeah. your ear your jaw your teeth it's all right there it's all right there it all kind of is interconnected and
0: ugh this yeah. would be
1: so easy for that to spread
0: but so pretty much um the dentist was just kind of poking around you know gently obviously in there to see what was going on and her whole jaw bro- bone essentially crumbled in his hands yeah it was like splintering
1: oh. apart yeah ugh. he just kind
0: of like Ooh, like
1: popped out and yep, it's gone. So gross. Um,
0: but yeah, so she died on September twelfth, nineteen twenty two, at the age of twenty four, and her death sounds awful too. Like she already endured so much pain. Um, this disease pretty much slowly spread to her throat and it started to eat away at her jugular vein, which God. if you get cut there Yeah, you're done. Yeah, you're pretty much done. Um so one of the articles I was reading said it was 5 p.m. Don't know why they care about the time. But her mouth started to fill, slowly fill with blood because she had hemorrhaged. She was hemorrhaging so fast. The nurse couldn't stop it. And she essentially died. Oh, Um, But then the sad thing too, they didn't know what was going on. And they were like, well, I don't know what that was call it syphilis we'll put that on her death certificate oh god so they said she died of syphilis yeah
1: and i saw something else about them saying it was um related to ulcerative stomachitis oh my god which yeah. like come on people i mean doesn't this seem a little strange that a toothache <laughs> a, could turn a into a your jawbone
0: syphilis like that before right.
1: she must have been quite <laughs> yeah what dark alley did she go down yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> what brothel was she frequenting god uh, yeah but really it was this thing called radium jaw yeah. Oof.
1: And basically this scientist I guess had her body exhumed yeah. after it was buried and everything was all said and done because he didn't think that this whole theory of um, syphilis that and stomachitis. Right. Yeah, it did and something was rotten in Denmark and it wasn't just her jaw. Okay. <laughs> um so he wanted to check everything out with this radium poisoning theory and to just figure out what's going on with this element. Like, why is it so destructive? And what did it do?
0: What's the process here? Um, So, like I had said already, 50 women had died by 1927, but kind of before that, there was gossip now going around, as, as it does, that there was possibly a connection between these girls working at this factory, the radium, and all of a sudden they're starting to develop these issues. And the owners... They, you know, denied it, denied it, denied it. And then eventually they had a study come in and they, it was an independent study. And I think it might have even been your scientist there that you're Mm -hmm. talking about, determined that there was a link between the use of radium and all these issues. The owner was obviously didn't want to deal with this and the outcome of it. So he um, had another, not independent, an investigation happen and put out a report saying, Oh no, there's no connection. Um, and then he actually also lied to the department of labor about the original report too, saying, you know, that that didn't happen. Here's the actual report. Mm-hmm. So shady companies all around. So what's
1: crazy is, um, after they exhumed Molly, um, mm-hmm. and they examined her bones, you know, they wanted to figure out more about this element. um, Basically, these scientists had no idea how to test these skeletons for this radioactive element that nobody really knew yeah. all that much about. Like you said, they just discovered it 20 years earlier or so. Um, so they got hold of the bones and the different ashes of the tissues, and they performed a number of tests on them, and they basically decided that if the bones from the different dial painters showed that there were um kind of pale spots coming off of them um it would basically show that those bones themselves were radioactive oh
0: god and it's so like right
1: and that's in contrast to normal bones which wouldn't do any of that (laughs) stuff obviously we're not you know um radioactive randy over here (laughs) um so basically from molly Maggia, wow. her remains every single piece of bone and every tissue ash that was examined showed radioactivity wow. so if you think this woman's dead right yeah. and not only dead but her tissue has been taken away not to be gross but all that's left is her bones oh and God. they're still sparking there's no oh, doubt yeah, that the same still looking like
0: a glow stick <laughs> right exactly so oh, they knew the god. same stuff was going on inside the living people wow oh yeah well that i did read that sometimes the first sign that these women would see that they had this you know they were affected by this is that they'd be walking by a mirror at night and look over and they'd essentially be, be glowing oh, from like the inside out Oh god oh it's just crazy So one of the heroes of this story is a young woman named Grace Fryer who was 18 when she started working at U.S. Radium and um, in 1925 she set out her mind that she was going to sue the company and she along with four other girls eventually sought damages of $250,000. But she started her search in 1925, and it took her two years to find a lawyer that would actually represent her. Yeah. She finally found someone in 1927, a young lawyer named Raymond Berry. Nice. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves Raymond. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in this case. What's weird is the
1: fact that they tried to do... I mean, it's not weird. It makes sense from um, a defense perspective that they tried to do everything to keep this out of court. Yeah. Like, they were basically saying... um, that the statute of limitations had run. That was a on, big one. Yeah, that was a huge defense that um, basically the plaintiffs, these radium girls, hadn't come um, inside the bracket of time allowed by the law. Um, they waited too long to file and right. they waited too long to bring this to court. But like we said, radium doesn't work all at once. It doesn't cause that damage all at once. It's a progressive thing so it's not all going to happen at once and you're not going to know that something's
0: really wrong until it's really wrong well I I saw the statute was was two years and it said that these symptoms could take up to five to really even start showing you know the first symptoms
1: oh and the symptoms they had are terrible I mean
0: there are these two women
1: who were um, sisters who were also radium girls and basically Both of the one woman's hips were fractured, which it takes a lot to fracture a hip bone. That is not... And it's not from a fall even, too. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. It's just from their bones kind of crumbling. Yeah. The other sister, get this, was bedridden, and one of her legs was four inches shorter than the other. Oh, my God. Um, a third woman could barely get across the room um, years after leaving the factory, and her hair was still glowing in the dark. Oh, my God. Even though she didn't work at the factory for a long time. <sighs> and even Grace Fryer, like you said, um, the hero of this story in a way, she had a metal brace from her neck to her hips to support her spine, which was breaking down. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I read, too, that it was difficult for them to prove, you know, their case, too, once they actually got it to court because of, first of all, like we said, this assumption that radium was this miracle drug. So trying to convince society, essentially, that it was not as not this great health tonic that it, you know, was perceived to be was a difficult thing. And then also you had the U.S. Radium Corporation that was very well defended. Um, they were backed still by that government contract. And a sad part, they knew that these women didn't have long to live. Mm-hmm. So once they actually got to court, they pretty much tried to drag it out. So Until that, they died. Yeah, so that the, you know, they couldn't have a case anymore once these women were gone. Mm-hmm.
1: But luckily, um, the plaintiff's lawyers were really on the ball and talked about how this element wasn't um, like any other type of poison that we've talked about, or like any type of poison that the jurors had ever seen before. It wasn't some old fashioned poison that has just a simple, direct.
0: Everybody knows effect. it's bad. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows it's
1: bad. You drink it, you die. Yeah. Or you drink it, something bad happens, right. you get sick. This was not a one time exposure. This was just an exposure that was happening every single day to these women you know once it was in them they were constantly being poisoned every day by that element breaking apart um that would never leave it was stuck in their bodies and um you know being more and more poisonous every day
0: yeah and so eventually these with these women wanted to fight but they kind of knew the limitation and i think at the end of the day they you know, they had families. They were struggling financially and um, knew they probably wouldn't live to see the end of the trial if they took it to trial. So they settled. Um, For and- a ridiculously oh, low, so offensive. Yeah, I mean, these women are
1: crumbling in front of everybody, literally. Their bones are breaking
0: apart. Ugh. They're falling to bits. And you want to give the figure? Yeah, I have the numbers. I have also in pretty much date, today, roughly today's. Um, so each woman would get $10,000. I rounded it up. It's just about 150000 today, today, um, just off the bat. And then they would get 600 per year annuity, which is about 8900 in today's money. And then they would get $12 a week for the rest of their lives, about 200 um, and all the medical and legal expenses paid for by the company. But the saddest thing, like, you think about this, none of them survived more than two years after the settlement.
1: Yeah, and I guess – You know, at least they started the country on this path to actually understanding this element, to regulating it, to making more laws to keep people safe from just radioactive materials in general.
0: So after this case settled, then there was another woman named Catherine Wolfe in Ottawa, Illinois. She worked at another one of these companies. And if you think about it during this time, news didn't travel like it does today. So this story... Was on the front page of every newspaper. She saw this and was like, wait a second, what is going on here? I should not be working in this. Um, So she began her fight in the mid 1930s. And in 1938, finally went to court. And she's incredible. She um, was on her deathbed. Literally, they have a picture of her on a bed. She's on her deathbed there. And against her attorney's um, suggestion, she actually went and gave testimony on her deathbed. (laughs) it's kind of crazy wheel me in yeah like here she comes um but she actually finally won they so she was like the landmark first to finally win
1: wow um
0: and i did see i found a newspaper article actually in 2011 they erected a statue a bronze statue up there commemorating her and these other radium women um but pretty much her because you know that's where that all happened in ottawa illinois Wow. So I, to me, these two women were kind of the forefront of bringing this to the country's attention and really, I, they they pretty much, you know, gave their lives, they were going to fight till the very, very end in this. Yeah. On their
1: literal death, <laughs>
0: Literally. <laughs> oh my God, let's wheel her in. Yeah. Um, I,
1: if that's not compelling, I don't know what is though. Yeah. To like get brought
0: in there on your deathbed. Well, and she, she knew she was going to die, but you know, she saw it as her fight to fight for other women so that she could help them
1: live. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: What do we use radium for today?
0: I don't know. So I did see, yeah, the, the the radium watches were actually still produced until 1968, Whoa! which is, I mean, obviously the regulations and everything came into play so that, you know, women weren't licking and painting, but they were still out there, which is crazy. Mm. Like our parents were born, but like we said, it improved, you know, the safety regulations, uh, eventually kind of led into OSHA as we know it today. Um, and another thing that I thought was so incredible with these women, not just Molly, but the majority of these other women agreed to have their bodies essentially donated to science. And then those that survived, or at least were surviving at the time, um, during the 1950s, they agreed to continue to be studied and um even if it was intrusive examinations you know they were all for it and they actually contributed a lot to what we know about radiation poisoning today
1: wow yeah one of the articles
0: said pretty much almost everything we know about radiation inside the human body we owe to them
1: yeah, oh yeah so that's these, woman, sweet these in women these women were way. amazing yeah like oh my gosh being willing to do all that not for yourself because you know your time's up anyway right. but for everybody else
0: um this incredible story to me, this I think is a good one to wrap up. Oh my up gosh, on. I'm so excited! Yeah, and it, to me, it just shows the crazy effect like that this had on these women that were working in these factories day in and day out. Oh my God. Um, there was this one woman named Mae Keen, and she was one of the last radium girls. She died in 2014 at the age of 107. What? Okay, and that's I was like, wait a second. Yeah, what kind of how effect did she could survive? It have had? Yeah, here's why. So she was – so one of the big companies, aside from the one in New Jersey, was the other one in Illinois, and then there was another one in Waterbury, Connecticut. Mm. So she was actually hired there in 1924, and she was quoted in this article. She was saying how the first day she remembers she didn't like the taste of the paint. (gasps) She said it was gritty, it was gross, so she wouldn't put the brush in her mouth. After just a few days at the factory – the boss asked her if she'd like to quit because clearly she didn't enjoy the, the job. And she, she was like, yeah, fine, I'll quit. <gasps> and years later, she's like, I, I really almost wish I could have thanked him. Um, because even with just working there for a few days, she suffered for the rest of her life with uh, bad teeth, migraine, and two bouts of cancer. Whoa. After just working with this for a couple days. Oh, my yeah. God. It's crazy. So imagine these women that worked there for years, for years day in on and day end. out. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's crazy.
1: And a hundred and what seven?
0: hundred and seven. Oh
1: my God. Yeah. That's getting to like turtle time uh, over yeah.
0: here. Yeah. Seriously. Guinness book, Where Are You?
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: But That's so cool. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting one to end on. Yeah, I love that. That's very uplifting. Yeah. Thank God. Yep. Thank
1: you so much for listening to today's episode of Betsy Boss Podcast. If you'd like to find us online, our Instagram and Facebook are at Betsy Boss Podcast. Our Twitter is at Betsy Boss Pod. Our website is BetsyBossPodcast.com. And if you'd like to email us, we are at Betsy Boss Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.